I'm very, very lucky between the agents that handled the deal with which I got my apartment because I had inquired about the apartment above me, right? So it's a two-story building. There's nothing on the ground floor. Then there's my floor and then there's the apartment above mine. I had inquired about the apartment above mine and it was ideal for me. It was a three-bedroom flat. It was perfect because I was going to use one room as my office slash studio, another room as my bedroom, another room as a guest room. And this man pretty much said he couldn't offer me the house because he felt it was too big for me. And so he offered me the two-bedroom flat underneath. And you know what? In that moment, I didn't mind because, yo, I like the space, right? And less than two weeks later, I see a couple coming to do inspection on the apartment above me and then, long story short, they rent the apartment. And I find out that the reason why he had rented it to them and not me was because if he had rented it to me, then they, the married couple with their family, wouldn't have been able to get this apartment because this would have been small for them. He pretty much did the smart move as a businessman. But looking at beefing him because in the course of the episode, you would probably hear pounding or something because that's the wild thing about having kids above you. No matter how much you want to pad the studio or whatever, all of a sudden, because they are watching Paw Patrol or something, they just start screaming or some shit. So this is me apologizing in advance because I have been trying to wait out them to be quiet. I don't know why they're not even in school, to be honest. Should schools be in session? <sighs> So I apologize in advance if you hear any sudden noises, but it's a full beef because at the end of the day, I am good friends with my neighbors and even though they have an absolute beautiful balcony, pretty much because they're on the top floor, the view is nicer. My view is not terrible, but because theirs is nicer and they don't use it, you know, Nigerians generally don't like to utilize their balconies to the full potential, but they'll be all right. You know, and so as much as I'm beefing my agent, I am also thankful to him because he brought this really cool people to me. Because I know how many random times I just go upstairs and say, you have I've run out of eggs or I've run out of cooking oil or something. And as neighborly friends, as the friends that we are growing to be, I'm grateful. Anyways, I just wanted to drop that disclaimer before the episode starts. And so the episode is about to begin. Put up your feet, roll up a joint, relax, and let's have fun today because it is the fucking season finale. But first, our theme song.
live, it's not a seance I am on a mission, gonna play on, play on, play on Got a head full of this, you call it Yes, guten Tag, Akasa, Ndewu, good afternoon. How are we this beautiful day, whatever day it is you're listening to this? I hope we're well, I hope we're thriving. You know, I hope we've had food, especially if you're a woman, because I don't understand women are not eating until it's like 5 p.m. Help me understand how your body is supposed to run on energy and how we grew up learning things like how breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But somehow, because you're a superwoman and you're related to Clark Kent, you feel like it's very okay to run the entire day on crackers and yogurt. You pushing upset me. But I hope we're well, I hope we've eaten, and I hope that, you know, we're good. I'm very well, thank you for asking. I'm delighted, to be honest, because this is the season finale of season eight. And the crowd goes wild. Woo! Well done, KV. KV, KV, KV. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling super good aside from the fact that i'm burning a very delicious blend i'm currently burning a blend of maui waui chocobot and willy wonders keef and it is the most scintillating blend i've had in a very hot minute i mean admittedly i know i'm also very 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 stressed and the fact that this blend is helping me to remain at peace and helping me to remain in touch with the things that are important to me and the things that are important to me are just pleasure and good vibes i am grateful first of all to ja for the grace to be able to smoke I'm grateful for healthy lungs. I'm grateful for the grace to be able to afford good buds. I'm grateful for the grace to be able to share this experience with you. So hi guys, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode, the last of the season. I know I've said that before, but I'm saying it again because people don't understand how mentally stretched I am. Driven home by the fact that at the end of last week, I was saying how, whoo, it's finally weekend. Then somebody I'm working with sends me a text that basically says, how are you, man? I hope you're good. I'm just saying this to encourage you because you know that April to July are about to be very intense. And I'm like, I literally just said, let me catch a breath. And it reminded me how the next three months capitalism has me in chokehold. Please, dear, please <laughs> help me. But yeah, we're about to get into the business end of the year. You know, Q2 is for execution. And so I also hope that so far so good, your year has been going as you hoped it would. And even if it's not... I know this is some aspire to Maguire shit, but the best about life really is that every new day we get a new chance to try again and go again. Like I said at the end of the last episode, you already know when to expect the next season. So before I go on my little break on this episode, I said that I was going to talk about love because I feel like 
I may not have spoken about it explicitly or in these terms before on the pod, but more importantly because I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine and love came up and it was so serendicious and it was so serendipitous, that word, serendipitisha, to the serendipitous word, yeah, it was so that word because the day before I had had a mental breakdown and I really like the fact that I can say that so casually, especially because I'm learning more and more. It makes sense to break down, to be honest, because when you do it frequently, first of all, it doesn't become such a scary thing anymore. Secondly, for whatever it was that broke the proverbial camel's back, once the camel's back is broken, it can be built again and whatever it is that broke the camel's back before is not going to be able to break the camel's back before. You know, I remember this quote from a sitcom I watched a long time ago. I can't even remember the name of the sitcom, but there was a quote from one of the protagonists and he said something pretty much like, pain is weakness leaving the body. And I hold on to that phrase so much because I remember times when I'm coming back from the gym and then I'm winting in pain. And I realized that pain is actually just weakness leaving the body because the newfound pain that my muscles are going through because I stressed it. The more I stress it that way, the more it's no longer painful because I'm no longer as weak. You know, so shout out to great lessons from random sitcoms that we do not remember. But yeah, on this episode, I want to talk about love because after the conversation with my friend, I did some self-appraisal and again, like I said, it had been kind of sort of on my mind and it wasn't what exactly made me break down, but it was the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, because I know that Nigeria is emotionally, mentally, physically, all the allies stressing my life and i'm again very 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 grateful for a good because what lie i don't chris and i'm not even trying to i'm not even trying to give Igbo the power but my goodness i remember conversation i was having with somebody and he was saying how if not for Igbo, he will have had rudrid and killed somebody a long time ago but because before he leaves the office he hits a zoos real quick or he's smoking a zoos in the car he's driving home during legal rush hour he's able to just ignore all of the things that would normally get him riled up after having a long day at capitalism's beck and call you know so again shout out to Igbo. So I'd seen a thread in the course of the week or two weeks ago, recently, Sha, was somebody who pretty much opened the thread by saying he or she is going to tweet this for all of those people who feel it, but don't have the words to. And I remember because it was such a beautiful piece of storytelling and I went ahead to check out the person and I found out the person's a writer and I wasn't even surprised because the way this person just expressed the emotions just literary beauty because they painted the picture beautifully and pretty much the summary of the thread was at the end of the day as much as it's not the most logical thing to crave because at the end of the day real life makes us realize that the fact is not everyone is going to find love we are a species that craves the idiocy of companionship you know and so no matter how much you are at peace with whatever it is the cards life has dealt you we still crave some level of companionship And I didn't think about this thread until this moment when I'm in front of the mic because for me, the thoughts came to me like I was disgusted by how much, as much as I should know better, I crave my own person. I then asked myself, what is love to me? 
actually what I did was I imagined that I was being interviewed and then somebody asked me what was love to me and how I would answer. And so that's what I want to do on the pod today. I've spoken a number of times as to how grateful I am for my process as regards growing up because the biggest blessing in my process was I was able to be removed from quote-unquote the world and I was able to build my idea of what I thought the world was. What that pretty much means is just the way my family is set up, I didn't have a lot of opportunities to be friends with people. I didn't even crave it because school was just school work was just work and real life was in the house you know and so in the house my world was built by novels and movies and jigsaw puzzles and painting and encyclopedias and every single thing that you can think of that would help the imagination that was my real world and so i didn't have a lot of use for people to be honest people were very not sufficient to satiate my needs of the world because it felt like because I was able to understand what life was from people who had lived it. The people currently living it were, quote-unquote, still wasting time. They were still learning. And I didn't even fault them because I did not know that they were still learning. In my head, this was how the world was, right? And my idea of love then was built by, you know, the things that we watched. You know, we watched a lot of Disney growing up. So we saw all of them Pocahontas. We saw all of them Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And we read Enid Blyton's. We read Mills and Boons. We explored the world. And so by the time I was actively in the world, and when I say in the world, I mean probably like, you no know, 10 when I went to boarding school, my basic understanding of love was not a moment of sparks. It was not a moment of bliss. And it was more a present continuous tense. Understanding that crazy things happen. Maybe the storyteller in me just connected to all the random events that made people meet and created sparks and a different context that made them fall for each other. So I, I, I never thought of love as as a specific action, but it was always a combination of action and commitment and deliberateness. This was just base level to me. And I would say I was blessed, but I still always jokingly curse the person who said to have loved and have lost is better than ever to have loved at all because it builds an unfair foundation of bias. Remember I said something last episode, something about the and how knowledge just taints the experience of everything that we are and experience because knowledge is experience in itself. And so the, you know, the first time I would say I was in love, not disputing the high school and primary school loves, like no disrespect to them, but the first time I knew that I'd fallen in love, it was beautiful. And it was everything that I hoped and imagined love would be, but it ended. And I struggled with it ending because the reasons why it ended didn't marry with my understanding of love, which was the commitment part. You know, it was the, if we have each other's backs, us against the world, all that yadi 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 stuff. And so the fact that it ended, it made me rethink, okay, maybe this is not what love is. And I teased myself some time ago about how, look at me, best in falling in love in two weeks and using 20 years to heal. And I say jokingly, right? But it's context. It's knowledge that is biased and plays a factor to my belief of what love is, right? Because I fell in love again and it ended too. And even though the experience was as beautiful as everything I thought love would be, the fact that it ended made me, again, question 
my idea of love because it started to feel like maybe my idea of love is only for novels and movies and is not a reality and i recently had been thinking about this quote that went viral a couple of years ago a man was talking about capitalism and his dreams and how you know he had tried a number of things and he had failed and the quote was something like i don't know if this is me settling or if this is what real life actually is something like that and i draw a parallel from him because i'm now struggling i'm in that place where i'm thinking is this idea of love just like that man with his capitalism dreams are these just dreams and do i settle and that's why i cursed the person who said to have loved and lost but i've loved never to have loved at all because again like i said like i keep saying experiences create a bias without consciously or unconsciously but once you've experienced something either by yourself or through example that you know you've heard of somebody's story you watched it somewhere whatever it creates a bias you know it makes you have something it gives you a template to compare any further experience against you know all this plenty talk i've never started saying what i think love is what i'm going to do is we're going to go on a quick break and when I come back, I will have my thoughts more refined in Jesus' mighty name by Yemuja's breast. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Son, please take care. People come and go. Why her? Why now? I don't know. But if you ever feel like your world is crashing, just close your eyes and breathe Take a seat by your head like my Suits by Doing the Story Available on all streaming platforms Oh, sit and breathe, my dear And we're back it's so crazy, and I know I say this all the time, how much music affects the energy I give out. Since this entire love thoughts had been on my head, I have been listening to a lot of piano pieces. And it's interesting because as a synesthet, I know for a fact that strings in the form of the keys play a very, very important role and have a very, very important note that helps convey the idea of love, either the growing of love, the loss of love, the warping of love, whatever it is. And more importantly, or equally as importantly, because I've been listening to piano pieces and particularly for this entire episode, as always, I would share the link to the playlist. At least underneath the tweets that announces the episode, I know that even though I've not been keeping up with the pod notes, I have always shared the playlist for every episode for this season. You know, so underneath the episode announcement tweets, I usually share the playlist link for the episode. And it's just interesting because because this is also music that I am not familiar with because I haven't experienced these notes before because this is a playlist I was literally created off the bat of one song that resonated with me that I said yo this is the place for the podcast I love the fact that the name of the song with which the entire playlist is created is called you'll be okay and it's just serendipitous 
the reason why I'm so confused with the word is because I usually say serendipity instead of serendipity. So I know that the actual word is serendipitous or serendipitious, but I don't know what the serendipitous word is. And please, please don't buy English to my mother tongue, so trust me. <laughs> but yeah, back to love. Um, so I think love happens in three stages. I'm naming this as I go, by the way, so just stay with me. The first stage is sight. It's literally the moment where you see someone and for no logical reason that you can explain, you know that this person, if you get to experience them more than the experience of them you currently have, for either good or bad, your life is going to change. I can't explain more than that. Anyone who has loved and has lost will be able to tell you this. I hope a lot of us can resonate with that. Again, for no logical reason, not negating our preferences as regards, okay, you saw this person in a particular space or that your physical spec or whatever. It's more than that. You see this person and you just know. Not danger, danger, but I resonate with this person. I can't explain it. Maybe it's in their smile. I don't know what it is. But for no logical reason, you resonate with this person. I actually have a piece on Medium that explains what I think resonance is. So you can check it out and I would add it to the pod notes. But if you follow me on Medium, you know the piece I'm talking about. So that's the first phase. Love happens. And it's often, what's the English expressed as love as first sight and you know sometimes people scoff at it that there's no such thing as love as first sight is lost as first sight all of those are just different iterations based on our definition of what life is but there's resonance and that first sight is the spark it's the when the match meets the matchbox remembering that at the end of the day for a matched light first of all is not just for it to be a match and a matchbox right the match has to be dry the matchbox has to be dry it has to be the right part of the matchbox you hit there are so many different factors that lead to a spark being created but once it's created once the universe aligns things to a point where the spark just happens that's the first stage that's the first strike you know now the second stage is discovery what that means is okay now that you've met this person now that you've been attracted to this person now that you've resonated with this person you get to understand the person's why you know because at the end of the day saying this carefully just as the why is not as important as we make it out to be it makes sense to understand the why because once you understand the why it helps you with dealing with the now right but life doesn't always present the opportunity to answer or to understand the why you know so at the end of the day as important as a person's past is that person's past is not them it is just the things that they experienced that made them into the person that you sparked with but it's very important because real life teaches you that it's not enough to spark you have to learn to maintain that spark you know because at the end of the day a matchstick is only so long at some point if you want the light of love to stay you need to light a candle or you need to light a cloth or you need to find a pool of oil or something to keep the fire burning right so maintenance is key and so the why's are very important you know 
at this point you get to understand the person's family you get to understand the person's work you get to understand the person's makeup basically that brought them and made them into the person that they are you get to share this person's experiences I don't know what kids call it out there, but I think that's what people call the talking stage, you know, understanding how the person got to being who they are. And then the third stage, because something we humans are very fond of doing is dealing with life as one experience after the other, forgetting that life is not that way. Life is an entourage effect. It's a combination of everything happening concurrently together at the same time. And so for something to keep growing, for something to be, for something to be maintained, all the factors that have brought a thing to be have to be considered. So the first stage and the second stage have now then to be considered. The second stage is so important because with understanding of the why, you can then, using the term loosely, predict what this person could then become what that means is now you know who this person is now you know how this person came to being with that understanding to the best of your knowledge you being intentional you being honest you being deliberate you can despite the unpredictability of life predict what this person could become what that means is if this person now then displays something that you find unsavory you understand the why it's what we call extending grace to the people we know because we have context. Even though it might not be something we would normally tolerate from a random person because this is somebody that is our personal. We understand how they are. We understand their makeup. We give them grace and that allows the relationship to then foster and even grow even further. And that's the third stage. It's the foresight. It's very similar to Ghost of Christmas Past, Ghost of Christmas present ghosts of Christmas future who serve a purpose of helping us understand that life is all about deliberateness you know life is all about the now because the future is not certain and because the past is set in stone I think that the first stage is most important because the first stage which is you know similar to the present it's it's what you're given you know like it doesn't make any sense to me to bring the worries of the future into the present because no one knows the future. Hell, you might never have a future. You could die tomorrow. I saw news about an asteroid that is predicted to hit the Earth on February 14 in 23 years' time. And a lot of the quotes were like, why the wait? And I know we've been hearing world predictions of asteroids hitting this and that, but the point I'm trying to make is life is not certain. And that's why the present is all that we get. That's it. And so as much as life is about deliberateness and preparedness, you know, that's also those are all like training wheels. Those are all fail safes, you know, so that if things don't go the best way, you are not caught completely flat footed because you were mentally prepared that this could happen. So that's what I think love is, if any of this has made sense. It's the combination of these three stages. These three things have to be one for it to be called love because in it is now the feeling of love, the sparks, the choice to keep the spark burning and the intentionality to make it grow, you know, because again, at the end of the day, after you've moved the matchstick light to a candle, the candle too will eventually burn out. And so there has to be a deliberate choice to want to move that candle then to a chandelier. And that chandelier would not lead to the invention of the light bulb until the entire world is lit with the light of love. I don't know if any of this makes sense. It's a little bit more succinct on another article I wrote, my most recent publication actually. Again, you can check that out on my Medium page. I would add it to the pod notes. But, you know, with these thoughts 
being foundational to my idea of love and the amount of people who I know who share these similar thoughts but for some reason love has eluded them because you know how we say there's no sorting as right person wrong time because if it's the right person be the right time i feel like all of these things are us humans just talking with these three different stages because for different reasons that have value to us we value one of those stages over another and i just think that the first stage the first phase is all that truly matters because all we have is now you know like all all, all we actually have is now and if we just like we approach life because you guys know how on a billion and one iterations let's talk about how life is about today like it's nice to have plans for tomorrow it's beautiful to have plans for next month but tomorrow is not assured like nothing is certain and the only thing that is certain is the fact that right now i'm on naked and big and so if i just slump and die right now and my body is found whilst they're doing whatever investigation or whatnot these words that i'm recording would be proof of what i think and so i'm very deliberate about them you know i, I wouldn't want to say something that if i died wouldn't be a good representation of me it's on this same podcast I talk about how I constantly think about death and dying and that helps me live. It helps me just be deliberate in everything I do. So across all of my relationships, think about if I die now, would this person think, ah, I can't was owing me money or would this person think, damn, nobody's going to send me nice JPEGs in the morning again. You know, I like to just constantly, to the best of my abilities, be deliberate with the way I live. And so again, this translates to how I love. And like I said, I am in a place where I'm re-evalu- What's that word? I'm re-evaluating where re-evaluation means comparing your values with what is. Because it's nice for me to have all these ideas and ideals of love or whatnot. But I also need to now check my quote-unquote success rates. If it's not working, then do I need to look at myself or do I need to look at the world or what needs to change? What needs to be reevaluated? Am I willing to change? So yeah, I'm in that phase and it's just really nice to see and to communicate with different people who share that energy and who share those thoughts. And so I just wanted to share that on the podcast on the season finale. And so with this few points of mine, I really do hope you find the love that you deserve and... Even if you don't find it in someone else, I hope that you have the strength to constantly show yourself that love. Again, this is not trying to be any aspire to Maguire to perspire, but the truth is, not everybody's going to find romantic love or find their own person. And again, I just want to iterate that this talk of love, even though it has been leaning towards romantic love, is also my same belief as regards love generally. Either in platonic or romantic or the other unique kind of love, you know. It's just a deliberate choice and commitment. And I just hope that I've been able to say something to sins or say something that comforts somebody or say something that makes somebody feel not as alone. Because on this podcast, that is actually all I strive to do to make somebody out there understand that no matter how weird their thinking is, no matter how different they think they are, no matter how crazy or mad they sound to themselves sometimes, no be only you mad. No be only you mad. We did. So, yeah. Is there any other thing I would like to share on this season finale? In Jesus' mighty name, there will not be another postponement. The goober, that word, elections are this Saturday, so please... All the advice that was shared at the end of last episode is repeated. Please let's be safe. Please let's be strong together. 
let's be deliberate about the future that we want for ourselves in our state and in our country. And I hope that Ja rewards our dedication and deliberateness to aspiring for a soft life because we all deserve softness, you know? Um, so yeah, that's about it from me for season eight. Like I said, if we're still alive that time and the country and the world's in the place that allows the opportunity to, even if season nine doesn't premiere on 420, there would be a 420 episode. Um, don't miss me too much. If you're missing me, listen to any of the episodes across the eight seasons. If you're listening to this for the very first time, you have a lot of time to catch up for my people who have been with me from the very beginning and for those who even joined along the way and are still here. Thank you. I was going through the stats. I have listeners in Macedonia. I have listeners in, I can't even pronounce it with the country, Bosnia and Herzegovina or something. I'm like, ah, ah, small, naked, and big like this. I love it. I mean, shout out to people in Italy. Shout out to people in Germany. Shout out to people in Kenya. Shout out to people in my beloved plus two, three, four, of course. My United States brothers and sisters. My Canadian brothers and sisters. Everybody, I love you with all of the love that I can muster. <laughs> no pun intended, even though I just spoke about love. I really, 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 really do appreciate you. And I pray that you remain well. I love you. Peace out.